Okay, so hey, Bestie, welcome back hey, to bestie. the Bestie Cast. Um, <laughs> it's been a little while. Um, hey, let's it's catch been like up. A week. Yeah. So, H- how are um, you, Tanzim? I'm great. Um, I am getting ready for the semester because I teach um, in a community college, and we are not having in-person classes, so everything is going to be online. Um. Which poses a new set of challenges, but it's better than having in-person classes and spreading this virus. Yeah, but you know that there are some universities in New York that are having in-person. NYU is having in-person classes. Yeah. Like, this is insanity. My my son goes to school upstate New York, and they're having some classes in person, but Mm -hmm. it's like, it's in Utica, uh, which is wild remote. And all the kids had to quarantine first and then two weeks of uh, online classes. And most of their classes will be virtual except for, um, like, studio because he goes to an art school because my kid is an artist. He's an artist. (laughs) So I have a question. Is he living on campus? Yep. He is an RA uh, in his dorm. Um, and and like oh the the college has like maybe a hundred and fifty students. It's it's very small. Oh, it's tiny. It's tiny. It's tiny. It's only oh, freshman I'm and like sophomore. A regular like five thousand. Yeah, or whatever no, students. Um, because like this is kind of like the feeder school for for Pratt in um Brooklyn. Yeah. So it's just for freshmen and sophomores. Um, he's a sophomore. Um. You know, it, it it's super small, so it it, it right. feels a heck of a lot more manageable. Um, okay. Yeah. Because that was gonna be my question, like, how are they managing this in dorms, like, with so many kids? But it's only yeah. 150 kids, so it's not that that bad. Yo, and they're kicking fools out who are acting up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He, he's actually an RA, so he had to like write some of that up. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the perfect time, like, because he he's my child. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna say he's a little bit of a control freak too. Yeah. Like this is Probably. the only time that I would want to really be in charge because, like, yo, yeah. you don't have a mask on, you gotta go. Right. You know, you're out trying to hang out in this tiny, shitty city anyway. Yeah. What go. the fuck is there to do in Utica? Nothing. Like, yeah, just stand your methamphetamines. Like everybody else. Yeah. Yo, no offense to anybody who's actually from. Now nah, you know what? Fuck that. You can have the smoke. Um, because <laughs> people in that city haven't been super nice to my kid. Uh, if I ever meet you and you're from Utica, like we're probably gonna have words. So wait, what happened in Utica? People are wilding because it's kind of like Utica, Is it like a little white, like no. Like well, it reminds me of like um, of Providence way back in the day, like before they did work downtown, or like okay. like Pawtucket when it was really bad, or like. Fall when River. When was Pawtucket really bad? Oh, Fall River's terrible. I've like, yeah. you were just, <laughs> you were just talking shit about these places. But no, it's, no, no, it's, no. it's definitely yeah, but financial. I don't know it's, it's, when Pawtucket was like. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. like, whatever industry was there isn't really there anymore. Right. Um, so, and, and then, like, the school is kind of like, I don't think it's hood, but it's definitely an area that's, like, that's depressed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is so, it like, like poor people have white come though? at him a few times? Nah, it's it's people no? of color, you know. Oh wow! Um, okay. You know, like there's there was an incident with a gun. Um, oh, 
another time like at a bowling alley and yeah. it's so crazy for like for like kind of like sort of middle class because you know like he like thank god like growing up he never he never saw anything like that you know right. but like you got to go to college and have wild shit happen um but you know he he's carried himself real well with it and yeah. you know but that's that um how are you so i uh i'm doing really well i graduated from college this weekend congratulations Woo! uh it only took me graduate 25 years i'm gonna say nah that's a lie yeah no 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 no. because you're not supposed to graduate when you're 20 it took me like 15 it took me a long ass time Mm -hmm. it took me a long time but i did it um it feels good. It feels weird. It feels different. I'm currently looking for a job. So if anybody out there, you know, got some firework for yeah, really. um, a fresh college graduate, let me know. Um, but, Are you, you not know, trying to mil- milk this unemployment a little longer? Because I am. Just, just bullshit. No money unemployment. It's no money. It's but no honestly, money. <laughs> okay, it's no money. This is true. But also, I'm just like. This is nice, man. Like, I've been working two jobs and going to school yeah. for too long. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm tired. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I I don't know what day of the week it generally is. Um, I've been trying <laughs> to stay busy. We're actually going to talk about some of, um, like, what I've been doing um, yeah. while I've been unemployed in, in a minute. It's kind of why we're having this special episode today. But, um yeah, I mean, it feels good, especially with COVID and the kind of work that I want to do. It's it's a hard time to try to be like a youth worker or, or in yeah. a school, um, and especially here because, yeah. you know, um, like people don't care about our kids here, you know, or people who work yeah. with our kids. So it's right. unsafe. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, uh, I think overall I'm doing well. Um, you know, I had like a, a family get together this weekend. It was beautiful. Um, folks came. One of my um, students who lives in the neighborhood, he came through. Um, yeah, it was cute. Like I, I thought he was gonna come for a few minutes. He ended up staying for a couple hours. And it's just like um, this little That's white cool. child, you know. Mm-hmm chilling with my family having a great time um my aunts were yelling at me and he was like oh my god this is so great (laughs) hearing hearing lumpa get yelled at i love it it's like yep that's my life um but it was fun it was fun um and then yeah you know um i don't know if you've been following like basketball um like the playoffs and um yeah it like watching they're not playing i've been seeing that right they're they're protesting they did they they protested they stopped playing for like three days um and and then they went back wait Uh, why they had some demands i think that their demands were sort of met um wait can you fill me in what were the demands yeah so it's crazy because i've been trying to follow this pretty closely I've never seen the demands written. I've only heard reporters like sharing them. And the one time that I kind of like that, that was like sort of the whole thing and not just like some truncated stuff 
one of the things they were talking about was demilitarizing the police. Oh, so like, oh that's fire. So like real demand. Yeah. Okay. But I think what ended up happening was um so 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 what is definitely happening like, something that they can actually control is they got all the owners um and they don't even call they're not calling them owners anymore the team owners they're called governors now which oh. you just you just switched it from slavery to colonialism now, yeah so. really that's exactly um, what you just did so the governors have decided the to governor? allow each of their stadiums to be voting places so uh-huh. you know all the different cities so boston New York, um, you know, Brooklyn, and what is uh, Manhattan? Is that where Madison Square Garden is? Yeah. Um, so, so those will both be places that folks can go to vote. Um, and they, so we like, can vote for trash or trash? Trash or hotter trash. Yeah. Right. Um, so that was like kind of the big thing that they got from it. I think mm-hmm. that like a lot of the players are feeling real salty about it. Um, and I, I think that it, it's really in a line, it really lines up with the stuff that we've been talking about on our episodes from like, you know, like this, this billionaire or a near billionaire, like Jay-Z and Beyonce kind of coming into like some political awareness. I think that this group of like young black millionaires are trying to figure that stuff out too. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, like there's, there's some hope in that, um, yeah. you know, they're empowered to do good stuff and hopefully... A couple of them will want to kick in on our projects and the things that that we're trying to do. So, um, you guys are listening. Change. Give us money <laughs> for real, because 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 ninjas is broke. Okay. Yo, really. Um, but so yeah, you know, I'm doing well, and I want to thank you for today. Um, because you know we're definitely changing the format up a little bit. Um, because because of what I was just talking about. So so some of what I've been doing since um, my job went away is um. I've been working with teachers uh, in Providence and parents in Providence um, because the plan is to, to reopen schools pretty soon. And um, it's just not safe. Um, right. the, the, the plans that they've released to folks are incomplete. They, the, the, the details are really spotty. Um, and then just like, from knowing what uh, the schools look like, um, they're just—they're not ready. Um, the, can the way... you just? Sorry, Go ahead. not to cut you off, but can you just fill? Because I don't know what's going on in Providence, and I, I bet a lot of the people listening are not going to know. Um, so, can you fill us in on like step by step what's been happening, like since sure. the beginning of like this reopening plan? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll go further back than that. Um, so, so Providence, um, like a lot of urban districts, has been struggling forever. I graduated um, from a Providence public school, high school, mm-hmm. in 1994. In 1993, uh, a report came out that said that these schools are really bad, um, that young people aren't learning, that there's all these challenges because the population... Um, it's like 80, 80% um, students of color, and the teachers are like 90% white. Um, the buildings are in disrepair. They're unsafe. And this was in 93. Another report came out um, last year saying the same exact thing, that the schools are struggling, 
um, that test results haven't improved, that young people, um, you know, are not reading on the level they're supposed to, they're not doing math on the level they're supposed to, um, that young people don't feel respected or seen in terms of their race or their culture or their gender identity, all of these kind of things. Um, the, the, the teaching, uh, the te- teachers are mostly white um, and yeah. from out of the city, uh, and the buildings are in disrepair. So um, a new it's commissioner... A lot of the, sorry, it's, it's just what you're saying. It's a lot of the same stuff as in the DOE in New York. Um, in public schools in New York City, it's the same thing. The buildings are in disrepair. The vents are old. I mean, this is a big issue with like reopening schools here too. Yeah. Um, because it's like these buildings are not safe. Or they weren't safe before, and they're definitely exactly. not safe now. Exactly. Right? And it's the same type of shit, though. It's like, you know, it's majority students of color. Everybody's fucking poor, and or the most of our students are poor, and the teachers are like majority white, mm-hmm. pretty racist. Like, yep. But yeah, continue. So, so um. I say all of that to set the stage, right? So all of those things have been an issue in Providence. Um, but you add to that um, that the state has taken over Providence. Um, so there's a new commissioner, not from not from Providence. Um, she's a Dominican woman. Um, not from here, though. And um, Just for everybody listening, if you don't know, Providence has a huge Dominican population. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, so... Um, actually, like the the Dominican population is probably bigger, and the Dominican population, not even just like the Latinx population, the Dominican population is probably the largest group in in the city in terms yeah. of um, people of color and probably um, probably just people in general. Um, I think yeah. I think Providence might be like forty percent white, um, something like that. It's definitely. It's either like 50-50 folks of color and, and white or something along those lines. But The so last um, time I checked it, it was 50-50. It was like 51-49. Yeah, which, which, yeah. which makes sense. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, like that's that's a big population. And, you know, that's dope that this lady um, can represent that culture. Um, but she came in. She took over. um hired a black man to be the superintendent of Providence. Um, you know, they ended school probably at the same time that they did for, for folks in New York. So, you know, middle of March and, you know, all summer. So, so, so until the end of school, um, distance learning was happening. Students were working from home. Teachers were working from home. Um, and then, you know, our state had a pretty good response to COVID. Uh, the governor locked things down, um, closed the borders for a little while, um, didn't allow restaurants to, to open, to have people come inside, mandated masks, you know, did all those sort of things. And we were initially one of the hot spots, um, I think because we are so close to Boston and so close to New York. Um, Rhode Island's always been a place that people kind of come and go from you know um but did a good job locking it down um but as time went on um you know for so so providence so rhode island is um it's mostly rural you know there's like seven seven cities really um and those seven seven ish cities are where the majority of people of color live it's the majority of um 
you know, kind of like, uh, like, uh, like, like the, like working poor people live. Um, what are the cities? Sorry. I didn't, I, I would never have said that there were seven cities. Yeah. I would have thought three, but cause I would have thought Pawtucket, Providence, Central Falls. But what are the other cities that you're including in that? Okay. So those are, those are going to be the cities where there's the most people of color. Right. Um, but you got Newport, um, Winsocket, Johnston, Cranston. I oh, mean, I named eight. Did I say East Providence? Because yeah, East Providence would be one of them too. So, um, but but some of those might go between towns or whatever. But those are those are where like there's the majority of um, you know pe- people of color. But like yeah. really, the three that you said are, are that's that's where folks are concentrated, right? Yeah. Um, well, it just so happens that those were the three that the rates of COVID were the highest and remain the highest. Um, right now, it's just, and people feel like, so So you said, so Central Falls. Real quick about Central Falls, because you know I can talk about Central Falls forever. You guys, Central Falls used to be the most densely populated place on Earth. How could that be possible that this little tiny state could it's have a city? one square mile. Can you stop stealing my thunder? I'm sorry. I was going. I was going somewhere. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Damn, guys, guess what? Central Falls is one square mile. It's one square mile, but it's so densely populated, right? Um, so, um, and and that's also a place that people um, generally, when either they move to Rhode Island or they they come to the states, CF is one of the first places that they would go. Um, it's small. the The rent is is a lot cheaper. Um, they, they might know folks there, um, but like so, it's state, it's it's dense. You know, a lot of people live there. Um, Pawtucket is kind of right next door. Pawtucket is a little bit bigger. Um, they they have a pretty large um, West African uh, population. A lot of Cape Verdean folks live there. Um, just a lot of lot lot of folks from really all over Africa at this point, um, yeah. and. I feel um, like that was always the case with Pawtucket because I lived in Pawtucket for a little bit, and it was a lot of Nigerians, a lot of Liberians. Yeah, I I think like as you were growing up, it became that when I yeah. was little and I lived there. I you don't know how many times I got yelled "nigger" oh. like as like as like cars would be driving by. I was like, "What yeah. is this?" I could see it. How many though, times I had to fight? Like yeah, like there's certain it parts was of of Pawtucket that. I don't know anymore, but when I was living there, there were certain parts that were very white. Um, and it was like, it was like street by street where it was yeah. like one street would be white people, like poor whites. And then like the street over would be like black and brown people. Yeah. And those poor white people were fucking racist. Yeah. Most of my experience was um, lots of poor white folks. Um, and we kind of all lived together. But then on the other side of Pawtucket, there's like a country club and just like, ridiculous opulence right who the hell um, has a country club in Pawtucket? that's really funny a country club you know it's one of those things like who knows what it was like a hundred years ago like that yeah. might have been like you know Pawtucket is the riviera of yeah, rhode island, rhode or some island. Shit. but like um so in terms of the covid numbers um up until a couple weeks ago uh Pawtucket, their numbers were too high also to reopen Somehow that that number got reduced, and they are in a position to be able to go back to school um, fully in person, where Providence and Central Falls are not. 
Yeah. And all summer, educators and parents have been fighting to get clearer um, um, descriptors for like what does safe mean, what what things are in place, and it's been a struggle to get to get any of that information. Um, parents have been given the option to have their children do a virtual learning. Like you can just opt out. You don't have to go to a building. You can do this virtual learning. Um, so that's been one thing. Um, some districts have said, you know what, we're going to just do fully distance learning because we don't feel like things are ready. There's no vaccine. Um, schools, you know, like in, in, in Rhode Island right now, there's a restriction of how many people can gather um, outdoors. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. 15. 15 people are how many can gather. Um, that's more than, that's less than what they're saying are going to be allowed in classrooms without masks and schools and are overcrowded schools are, schools way are overcrowded, overcrowded. so um so so yeah like the like just for the state there's been issues but specifically for providence um because that's the city that i know i know the best um you know the schools have been in really bad shape for a really long time yeah um the so so for a while they were saying like the um the ventilation in the schools need to um meet a certain criteria mm-hmm. um and we're like yo we know that that's not the case cuz our schools you know like most of the schools in Providence were like built during like FDR you know like right. during the they're like old the, buildings yeah they're buildings from the 40s um they're not in good shape i'm looking at one right now that i live across the street from the school it's not ready. The The ventilation yeah. is not going to gonna work. And then a lot of the schools, you can't open windows. Um, so, like, there's just not a way to keep these buildings safe. And, you know, on the one hand, the governor will be saying, you know, gatherings. You shouldn't have more than 15 people. Stay outside. Keep your masks on. Right. And then on the other hand, she's saying, go to school. Be in classrooms. Have right. 20 kids in a classroom. It's fine because it'll be a stable pod. What? A stable pod? Um, How? No logic. No logic. You know? It's just like it's like a straight up just lie. It's just a it's, lie. It, it feels like an experiment. Yeah. You know? right. Um and then and then so some of the data from the summer when um the state allowed daycares to open back up. Yeah. It wasn't Which a time. My mom my mom works at a daycare and they she went back in July. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm worried. Well, and so with the daycares, you know, de- like a daycare has a little more structure. Mm-hmm. It's um the the ratio between adult and child is a lot higher. There's mm-hmm. already there already should be like um some like regiment some regimented behavior around like sanitation, you know, because yeah. it's bathroom time, it's wash our hands time, you know, right. it's kind of separate play time. Um, so they, they were open over the summer and I think that out of, I think there were 32 sites open, like mm-hmm. 800 kids, 12 people got COVID, yeah. right? So 12 out of 800, mm-hmm. 800 people, 30 sites, mm-hmm. the city wants to have 30, is it 30,000? I think we have 30,000 students in Providence Public Schools, 30,000 kids, 2,400 teachers. If you if that math continues, 
is at like 2,000 people will get COVID. Jesus. You know, is it more yeah. than that? And then there's not, not to mention the family members that these kids and these teachers are going home to mm-hmm. who could also get infected mm-hmm. and you're passing it along and the numbers just go crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, there's this kind of smoke and mirrors thing that's happening because, like, on the one hand, like, the 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 recommendation will be, okay, so we'll open for real in October. Mm-hmm. And so parents are like, whew, good, okay. Nah, but your kids start next week, February 14th. What? September 14th. September 14th. I don't know what I said. I'm not good with names of months. Uh They're arbitrary and fake. Fight me. Um, (laughs) But like, oh, so so they're trying to have kids go back. um, And they're they're talking about like doing a staggered schedule or whatever. Right. They were talking about that in New York too. Yeah. There's not testing. These buildings are not ready. And, and the people who are making these decisions are ad- administrators who, at least in the city of Providence, a lot of them should not be trying to make these decisions because, like, right. they are not bright, you know? Is there, um, have there been any room for community input at all through this process? I believe that there's been some, but yeah. I think because, because everything is happening virtually, it's been super limited. So right. there's been um, so so the Department of Education in in Rhode Island is called Ride, right? Um, so like the Ride meetings have been Zooms with no comments, like there's no way for people to say stuff. So people have protested, but it's also like, yo, I'm not trying to. People aren't trying to stand outside next to each other because of freaking COVID, right? Right, right, right. So um, one thing that's been crazy is that like the the governor um has so so the city of warwick decided that like they didn't feel like they were ready it wasn't safe the governor said parents of students in warwick if you want to sue the city of warwick for not allowing you to send your kid to school call my office oh my god like what (laughs) oh my god you know it just um, it, it just, it, I, I just can't imagine the stress that everyone is feeling around this. Mm. Like, it's just, you know, it's like, do they care? You know? And like, well, the I answer know, is no. Well, I mean, like. It, Most of the, that's the thing though, right? Like if these administrators and this, and just, I want to say, before I say that, you know, I'm watching the same type of stuff unfolding over here. First of all, our buildings, the ventilation in our school buildings is not safe for these kids nope. um they were talking about doing a staggered schedule they were talking about doing like three days in school two days out of school like at home mm-hmm. um now their bright idea is have classes outside yeah like what about the winter time yeah how do you you're gonna make our kids freeze um and what the hell you fit in a whole school of and kids exactly like, how are you fitting no outside and where but also, like, yeah, where? Where are you fitting them? And the thing is, like, they were talking about doing outdoor classrooms, blah, 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 along the lines of, like, the outdoor eating thing yep. that they have going on. But the thing is, first of all, and I was waiting for this to happen, but just, like, two weeks ago, a freaking a car drove into an outdoor dining area. Like, it was an ac- there was an accident with this. And I'm just like... <sighs> I was waiting for this to happen because there's no room in New York City for you to have outdoor dining on the street like that. Yeah. We have way too much traffic in cars for that. You you can't, you know? Yeah. And I mean, so now you're saying that you want to stick our kids 
in the same position, God forbid something like that happened and children died. I mean, like, it's like there's just no thought at all going into this um, on any level. And I think, you know, to go back to what you were saying, they don't care. No. The administrators, the people in power, the people who run these cities do not care. And you can take it even beyond that. And our government clearly does not care because here we are in the middle of a global pandemic. And have has there been any money allotted to schools to figure this out, to, to set up Wi-Fi in every neighborhood? You know that they can do this. They could set yeah, up Wi-Fi in every could. freaking neighborhood and give every kid a laptop. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, e-reader, whatever they need. Mm-hmm. Right. But they're not doing these things um, because they're not putting money into this, you know, so so they don't care. No, um, but but the thing is, we care. You know what I'm saying? Right. And like we so, have to yeah. fight and yeah. there's actions that are planned. Um, mm-hmm. And I, um, you know, I want to bring in a couple of teachers who um, are a part of this. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that we should try to get people um at least, like, for Providence uh, and just, like, mm-hmm. folks in general, like, who have some feelings to, like, um, leave us messages or, or, or something. Just because, um, yeah. like, you know, we got to we gotta make this not happen. This is It's yeah. not safe. Our, our children deserve so much better than this. Uh, and, yeah, like, the, like the, the world is crazy right now. And I don't think that, like, we're asking for a miracle. We just need our kids to be safe. Right. You know? Like, yeah. c- could you imagine being a kid who, like, your best friend dies, you know, from, yeah. from a virus, you know, right. or being a kid who brings home a virus and it kills yeah. your grandma or your parents, or, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know. and then, and then the way that they're talking about teachers, like the superintendent the other day yeah. said, he said that the, like teachers are going to need to go above and beyond this year. Oh, because they don't do that all the time anyways. Because they don't do that two. all the time. And then he wasn't even talking about the danger. You want them to die. That these people. No, he was talking about like showing up at after school events and stuff oh like God. that. Like how tone oh, deaf. Okay. How dare you? And the thing is, there's a lot of wild trash teachers for sure. Yeah. Right? Of course. But like the teachers who are really doing it and who like who spend their own money, who like yeah. who, who work way beyond the hours that they're supposed to work. Yep. And, and and who all summer have been facing this notion of like I could die going back to this job, right. and they're and they're doing it yeah. for, for you to say something like that. Yep. Like yo. Yep. So, no. so 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 part of like um like what I've been doing is trying to work with the teachers of color because, um, you know like they they deserve more power and more support in their union, mm-hmm. um and they and they deserve the support of the community. Um, cause I, I know for me, um, as like a black dad, knowing that my child had a teacher of color mm-hmm. always made me feel a little bit better. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think like, it's so hard to keep. So the school that I worked at, um, all the black teachers, uh, were either fired or left, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think anybody cared? <laughs> no, you know? But like those kids, you know, the, the, the young people are going to feel something about that. And, you know, we want to make sure that that doesn't continue to happen. Yeah. That they have a real voice in their union, that they have power um, to, to make good decisions, to make sure that um, like folks get hired um, and, and can stay uh, in the district because the district needs them. 
Um, so, you know, I think that like, if we can bring on a couple of teachers to talk about what's happening, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just try to like bring folks up to speed, you know, because like, I think that there's so much confusion in the city around how these things are going to play out. Like, so, so I was saying there's like a digital, there's like a virtual option, right? Um, well, this virtual option is run by a company called Edgenuity. Um, across the country, other districts are having issues with the system, right? Yeah. So instead of like last year when, um, when, when like everyone left the school buildings and was doing um, distance learning, it was called, basically it was just like what was happening in our buildings, but at home at least right. in Providence for the most part, right? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, my friends who, t- who taught social studies, fifth period, they're in front of their computer teaching social studies, fifth period, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, what, what our children actually signed up for, so like when that option became, when that became an, an, op- an option, um, what a lot of people thought they were signing up for was that again. Right. Like I'm just going to have all my classes online with all my teachers. But no, what it actually is, is this this company that runs a program uh, Mm -hmm. that's going to have like videos for kids, uh, maybe some worksheets and very little human interaction. So no teachers. Okay, great. Almost no teachers. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then not teachers that like young people know. Um, Right. So it. And again, because there's so much confusion around this, like it seems like there will be some teachers from the district, but who knows? And like, um, so yeah. like if if you're a kid who worked really hard to get into, um, like if you're an eighth grader and you're going into high school, you know, there's um, there's there's uh, there's very few high schools in the city that appeal. I guess every high school. Let me say it this way: every high school in the city has like different sort of pros and cons and when you're in eighth grade you try to pick which one of those high schools you want to go to a few of them you can just pick and you'll most likely get in Um, but there's like three or four that um, are an application process or a lottery process right Mm -hmm. if you're a kid who has like like a parent like me like i would have made my kid hell no you're not going you know like Mm -hmm. you're staying home Um, well he got into the testing high school classical if Mm -hmm. he stayed home there's a chance that he could lose his spot. Oh, wow. So, so, so like now families are like, damn, like, does my kid have to go risk this so that he can go to the high school that he chose? Right. Yeah. It's just like it, you know, like really every time I hear more and more about this, it feels like an experiment, you know? And then they say the buildings are ready. You know, some of my teacher friends were sending me pictures Mm -hmm. of like what the schools look like. Mm. There was a, a thing of hand sanitizer on a table with some napkins next to it. And that's supposed to be the cleaning station. Yep. They couldn't yep. even mount that shit on the wall, you know, or have like, you know, it's just like it, it's, it's infuriating because like these are our kids, man, you know, yep. um, and it doesn't have to be like this. It really doesn't I, have to be like this. Yeah. I want to bring in, um, uh, a teacher from New York, uh, a DOE teacher from New York that I know I'm going to ask her if she would like to come on so that she can talk a little bit about the issues that we're facing here too in school. Because yeah. um, I've kept up with it and I have friends who are parents who, you know, have been talking to me a little bit about it. Um, but 
because I don't have kids of my own and because I don't work in the deal, you know, I work in a university, so it's a little different. Um, but I'm not as up to date as I would like to be. Um, so I'll, I'll try to see if I can get somebody to, to come on and talk because it, it, from what I'm hearing you say, it sounds like a lot of the same issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would venture to guess that most cities, most urban areas with students of color are facing these same issues. Yep. And, you know, maybe even rural white poor areas. Um, we don't know, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised because they're not, if they're not giving us money, they're not giving the poor white people money either. Nope. Like they, they just nope. don't care, you know? Yeah. Um, if, if, if your school is funded by property tax, yeah, you're, screwed. You're, you're screwed and you've yeah. been screwed, you know? Yeah. Um, so I want to do that. Um, the other thing I really am interested in talking about also is what are alternatives? What do we do? Right? Because like you said, they don't care, but we care. Yeah. And this is something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, like I have a friend who has two kids and his wife works and he, he works. Um, and you know, he just, this is the other thing. He's like, how am I going to teach two kids? He doesn't, he's an older guy. He doesn't mm-hmm. even really, he's not very computer savvy. So it's hard for him. Like he's never done zoom before. Um, and with two kids, you know, he's struggling. And so I told him when school starts, bring, Bring your older child to me. Um, drop him off every day. I will help him with his schoolwork. I will make sure he gets on. Because the thing is, like, right now I'm working, but I'm working twice a week. I'm, I lost my second job, so I'm getting unemployment. And it's like, why not do it, you know? Yeah. But, but what do you do, like, as a parent? Like, what are the alternatives that we can come up with together in our communities? Because that's where, really where I feel like we're headed. Um with everything, not just with education, but like, so for example, right in the Bronx um, and across New York city, when this virus hit, our um, food pantries started running out of food. Yeah. Particularly in the Bronx, you know? So what did we do? Well, in my neighborhood, we started up our own food pantry. So there's three of us. We have two cars. Three of us go every Saturday to Queens. There's a huge, uh, one of the biggest distribution sites, uh, food pantry sites that they, they get from, they get their food straight from the food bank, yep. which oddly enough, you know, the food bank is here in my neighborhood, but they won't give to us. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. They have like this crazy convoluted uh, system and process of giving food. But so we go to Queens to this church, we pick up the food, we bring it back and we hand it out to people. Um, But it's like alternatives like that. You know what I mean? Like we're going to have to start, doing things like this and mm-hmm. we're gonna have to start figuring this out with education too because for sure what i can see happening is that a lot of our our kids are not going to be going to school for various reasons right and, and and the thing is like we forget um at least in new york i don't know about it in providence but and i would think that this is the case in providence too but we have so many homeless students here who are living mm-hmm. in shelters who have precarious housing yep. who don't have access to wi-fi who don't have access to uh, you know, the things that they need to be able to learn. So it's like, you know, what do we really do? Because we cannot afford, as, as shitty as our schools are, and as little as they educate our kids, we cannot afford to just have our kids not get an education. Yeah. Like, what is yeah. their future going to look like? You know, imagine you're in, like, the fifth grade, and, like, you, you can't, because you don't have Wi-Fi, you know, you can't go to school anymore. That your 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 education is yeah. stalling out in the fifth grade. Yep, I mean, and, and that's absolutely happening. You know, that's yeah. not even hard to imagine. Like, I know fifth graders that that's happening too. Right. Um, yeah. And and the thing is, like, it doesn't have to be this way. You right. know, like mm-hmm. you you make sure that there's good. Like, in in April, 
they should have been making sure that Wi-Fi was set up, you know, yeah. like this that. It wouldn't have been that hard. Or like I heard Mexico City, they're putting mm-hmm. they're, they're putting like school on TV. Yeah. Like you it could just go. Wi-Fi. Yeah, it could like you could just go on a public access channel. Right. You know, there could be right. especially if they're already doing like kind of um like the ingenuity thing is already yeah. like that's not specific to, to to a school, right? It's just like right. what all the kids are going into. Okay, here's the seventh grade channel. Here's the fifth yeah. grade channel. You know, right? Like it, exactly. It, it, like there's so many ways that they could do this, but mm-hmm. the reality is that they're just not putting the money into it. Yeah, because. And- you know it's capitalism and they don't give right. a shit i mean you got the you got you got this administration wanting to get rid of the whole department of education the yeah. the the secretary of education cruella the ville oh, yeah just a terrible she's fucking horrible human. like just terrible she is horrible like i know but it's <sighs> but just the like thing there is, are man, alternatives yeah there's absolutely create. alternatives and you know like part of why we wanted to start this podcast is because like we've been talking about starting our own schools right and yeah. like how do we do that because like it's got to be smaller it's got to be like mm-hmm. like heart and community first you know yeah. like how do we keep each other safe how do we yeah. educate these babies you know like the truth is it's got to be neighborhood by neighborhood mm-hmm. like this is how we have to start doing stuff you know um and i actually uh emailed or texted two of my friends uh, who are also both PhDs who are college professors and I was like do you guys Cuz Tanzim's about to have her PhD everyone if you didn't know Tanzim is about to have her PhD about to is a stretch I'm in a She's PhD about program to have her PhD. we'll see where this goes <laughs> She's smarter than all of us come on But um I don't I even was... know what P H or D stand for Oh my god um but you know I was talking to to them they're they're college professors and um, I was like, do you guys want to start school with me in Hunts Point? They were like, hell yeah. Because I feel like this is what it's going to take, you know? So if you are educated, if you have any kind of education, if you are, uh, if you have any means to do anything, now is the time to step up, really. So whether it's using your degree, your training, whether you're an educator, even if you're not, even if you're like a freaking lawyer or whatever you are, like, there are ways that you can help to, to build these things in neighborhoods. Yeah. And yep. it has to be neighborhood by neighborhood. I can't see it happening on a scale larger than that because it's like one, given this virus, and two, given our capacity, like yeah. we don't have like the capacity to to do things for a whole city or a whole section of the city or whatever. But what we can do is neighborhood by neighborhood, you know. And um, and, and I feel like in a lot of ways, like this has also been like the conversation that like you know we've had, and I feel like just people in general, like like the idea of like a big ass city. That shit don't work, you know. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't. It's like, like, like we have figured out how to survive in this, but we wasn't built for this, you right. know. Like, it's right. gotta be smaller, you know. It's gotta be smaller. And the thing is, like, so, so Tanzim's talking about that in in New York and in the Bronx. Like, I'm here in Rhode Island trying to trying to do this. It's part of why I haven't just tried to jump on some kind of work because, like, this is what this is this is what my heart is telling me I should be doing, you know. Yeah. Um. And, you know, if there's people here in Rhode Island who, who want to talk about it and who want to try to figure out how to do this, like, let's talk because it, it really is a time. And, and, you know, even part of that is like, yo, I got good Wi-Fi. So, yeah. you know, if there's like children who like, you know, who need a place and who are going to behave. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh, yeah, like, you know, we got space here, too. 
So there's um an interesting technology that I want to talk about. So there's a nonprofit in my neighborhood called The Point. And one of the ladies from The Point mentioned to me that they got a small grant to to set up Wi-Fi throughout the neighborhood. And the way that there's a particular way that they can do it where if they set it up in like a, a building that's central, um, it can bounce off of other building like basically like there's a way to bounce it off so that like mm-hmm. the whole neighborhood can get it yep and i you know when the last i spoke with this lady she had said that they were in the process of still figuring it out but i'm about to hit up the point and find out like what this technology is i want to let them in my building and have them set this up because yeah. i want my whole neighborhood to get free wi-fi yeah. um but once i figured this out if you are interested in setting this up in your neighborhood um, anyone, let me know because I will connect you with the people who are doing this, who understand this technology. Because God knows it's not me. Um, but if you only can knew you imagine? How hard it was for her to set up her mic today. Oh my God, it was a challenge. Um, That's dope. But but um but you know, to me, it's just like that is like when when I think about a vision of like what things could look like. Like, I feel like I know this virus is horrible and terrible, but I really do see that we're being given this opportunity to set up alternatives in a way that we've never had before. Mm-hmm. And as much as, like, this is going to devastate our communities and already has, I feel like there's also, like, this opportunity to be like, okay, we're going to do things differently now. Yep. Yep. We're going to take care of each other, and this is how. Yeah. And I when I when I have that vision it's all these things right it's education it's food it's technology it's like mm-hmm. all this stuff that has been taken from us and you know the elites at the top have like uh controlled so much of it but really what i see and i could be wrong but what i see is that the devastation of this um this virus is going to lead to like they're gonna just divest I feel like it's already happening and they're just going to divest. And it's like, Mm -hmm. cool, you know what? Like everyone talks about divestment like it's it's like the worst thing in the world. And in many ways it is. I'm not trying to say that, you know, it doesn't have negative impacts. But at the same time, can we just look at the positive and look at what we can do? What can we create in place of this? Um, You know, so when our buildings start to fall apart around us because our landlords are, they already don't do repairs. But when they're doing even less, you know. How do we band together to fix things as yep. a community? Yep. How do we make sure everybody eats? How do we make sure that, you know, our kids are getting the education, a good, an actual education? You know, this is our opportunity to give our kids a real education. Hell yeah. Um, like world class. Yeah. You know, not this bullshit. And the thing is, we have these, we do have people in our communities who are resources and we need to use them, reach out to them. Like everyone can do something. You know what I mean? Like the, the guy in, you know, up the block that knows how to like fix stuff and build stuff, like find a way to work with him. And like, we, you know what, sir? Like if you do these things, if you make these repairs every week, we get in you food. We're going to yep. make sure you, eat. you know, like this is how you do it because yep. it's like they have never done it for us. And they've always made us rely on them in a way where like you're stuck. Yep. You're stuck because you're just like, you're always relying on them. And we, we, have a mindset all of us where we believe that like you know the people above us that's the only way we can do anything and it's just mm-hmm. like no fuck this like we can do it ourselves mm-hmm. Absolutely. and i have oh my god i have this idea in my neighborhood that i want to start doing so we have the biggest food distribution center here in in hunts point it's the yep. biggest in the world so like wow. all the food that goes to restaurants all the food that goes to like 
um, uh, you know, the supermarkets. It comes through here. So I want to go directly to them and be like, okay, you're in our neighborhood. You need to give us food. You need to be donating food to us weekly. Yeah. And then I want to take that food and I want to go to the local businesses. So we have the delis. We have the chicken spots. We don't have a lot in this neighborhood. But what mm. we do have, I want to go to them and I want to be like, hey, once a, once a month, can you commit to cooking up this food and we give we feed as many people as we can with a hot meal? Wow. You have, yeah, that would be dope. Because they have the grills to do it. And I feel like every community has some sort of capacity to, to come together and to do this. Mm-hmm. It maybe won't look exactly like this, but you have the capacity to do it. You know, like think about like in Providence, there's so many little like neighborhood spots. Like if you could go to a food pantry and get just like a ton of food donated for a neighborhood, just like go to these, go to Pito's, go to the chicken spot, go to wherever and be like, hey, cook this up for us once a month. Yeah, you don't. We're we're providing you with the food. We're not asking you to give the food. We're providing you with it. Just cook it up so that we can hand it out to people. Can you well, imagine? And, I, and that's the thing because like, yeah. so so one, I feel like places used to do stuff like this. Like yeah. this isn't this isn't new. This isn't unheard of. Right. But that divestment, right? Because exactly. if if like the state isn't up in people's business the way that they are now. Cause like I can, I can hear them saying like all of the reasons why they wouldn't want to yeah. do it because you of know, course. like, you know, like they could get, they could get fine. They could lose their business. But yeah. if like once people, once the people who pretend like they give a shit about us mm-hmm. start to tell the truth. Yeah. Dope. Now we get to depend on ourselves right. and now we get to build for us and, and, right. and all those things can really start to happen. Um, you know, because all those things, you know, like all that is in, in, in little Providence, I see all those those things happening. Mm-hmm. You know, people are trying to figure out how to bring it together. Um, and yeah, you know, I think like, excuse me, like Corona is definitely not great and it's been decimating us mm-hmm. and our communities, but like we've been decimated, you know, okay. all of this stuff been happening. It just now it has like a label. You know, and yeah. I think that like the, the the most important thing is that we cannot go back to the way it was before. You right. Know? We have um, such an opportunity mm-hmm. to, to, to move beyond this bullshit and to yep. do something for each other. And it's like you have got to take advantage of that. Um, and, and the thing is, like, it could go either way. That's the scary part of it. Right. And I see it. I'm seeing it even just on my block where it's like the aggression is heightened. The you know, the violence is heightened, like everyone's feeling it. And it's like, it's like you're, I feel like the city is a ticking time bomb waiting to go off right now. Um, and it's because we're all left with no money, no jobs, nothing going on. You know what I mean? Like all these reasons, but it's like, we have the power to tilt that scale, you know, because if you start doing things and I promise you, if you, it literally takes like two, three people to, to be like, you know what, we're just going to do this because it's the right thing to do. And if you start doing that, people take notice and people want to, you will always find people who want to get involved. Absolutely. You will always find people who are down. And you never know, like you start that and you start talking with people and boom, all of a sudden people have other ideas. You know yep. what I mean? And yep. like you guys move together. And, and the thing is, like if we are going to counteract the potential violence that is happening and going to continue um, or could potentially get worse, it has to, we have to start now. We we yep. have to show people in our communities that we are here to take care of each other. And that fuckery is not going to, it's not going to happen. We're not going to let it. You Definitely. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
And it's not because we hate you and we think you're criminals. It's because we love you and we love everybody else yep. that we're going to make sure everyone's taken care of. And that includes you, too. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Because I think for too long, we criminalize each other the way the system criminalizes us. And it's not to say that there's not people who do fuck shit. They're, yeah. Hell yeah. You know? There's people that victimize their own community. And that shit is wrong. But we're going to tell you and we're going to stop you. Yeah. But we're going to do it in a way where you know we still love you and we still care mm-hmm. about you. But you, you're you not going to do this to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and I I think that, like, like us, hopefully us having this conversation is going to lead mm-hmm. to to more action. Because um, yeah. it, it, it has to happen. You know, it has mm-hmm. to happen. Like, it's about to be winter. Yeah. Um, this winter is going to be wild. It's going to be wild. Like, if we don't start setting up the infrastructure to do these things now... This winter is going to be out of control, but if we start, let's stay optimistic. It, yeah, no, if we start, that's Shut all it up, takes. Man. Literally, it's just it's on every single individual to just be like, "Fuck it, we're doing it," mm-hmm. and then you figure it out. You know, for sure. But, all right, oh, so go ahead. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. I forgot to share this. So yes, when was it? What's today? Friday? Uh, Wednesday myself and a friend of mine so i've been taking martial arts for years i've been training for years and and my instructor and i started classes for free in my neighborhood with some of the kids in my building oh it's going good and we're really excited because it gives kids something to do it gets them exercising it teaches them discipline you know it gives them a skill um and it's it's a skill that you're gonna need you or you need it and it's gonna the need for it is gonna grow because you never know. This world is getting crazier and crazier. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yes. Are there any uh, ninja stars involved? There may be eventually. Fresh. There's Are we breaking boards one. yet? Uh, not not class one. Full splits? Have... Oh, always. Samurai uh, swords? Oh, definitely. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm no, down. That's real, though. We, we, do, um, we do weapons training eventually with students as well. Um, so you get to pick your weapon and then train with it. Um, but the instructors are amazing. That sounds um, they, dope, Tansy. Yeah, so I'm so what, excited. What martial art? So it's actually a combination of several different styles. We teach a little bit of every style because we want students to have um, an understanding and a baseline of everything. Because if you only learn one style, if you start, like, let's say you learn, uh, you know, Shituryu, which is a, a Japanese type of karate. But you're fighting someone. Karate. You sound like my dad. Oh. Um, <laughs> but but let's say you're fighting someone that, that knows, like, you know, Taekwondo. Well, those are two different styles. So mm-hmm. you're fighting them, but you're not. The fight is, is it's like two different. Uh, it's like trying to speak two different languages, you know. Um, so you have to be able to change your fighting style based on who you're fighting, you know. I see. Um, and you have to be able to fight in in many different ways so so we do all different styles we do we throw boxing in there um we do we try to do everything um and the the instructor is has like so much experience he's he's you know a military vet so he has military experience but he was training since the time he was like 14 years old so he was a kid when he was training Mm. and he's continued his whole life and he is a great 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 uh martial artist fresh we're very lucky to have him yeah and so i'm really excited but i'm saying this one because i'm excited about it but two because even stuff like this you know like when i say everyone can do something like let's say you're you're in your neighborhood 
um, you know, and you have one day a week off. Get the kids in your neighborhood together and do something with them. Do something constructive with them, you know? Because if we start from when we're younger and we get our kids together. I don't like kids, though. They grow up. Okay. Well, that's a lie. But, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we've got to do stuff. you got to do stuff. You have to build a sense of community from when they're little. Because if you do that, then, you know, as they get older, all that beef and shit, it's much harder. It's much mm. harder to, for that stuff to happen and for you to go around shooting each other if you came up together and you lived together and you yeah. remembered those. And, you know, like, you, you did, like, concrete, constructive things together. And, and, and stuff that, like, legit supported each other. Right. You know, because right. I, I think that's that's the biggest trap that the system has put us in because we you know like we live next to each other we suffer next to each other but like we don't have to depend on each other you know like that kid who who might be willing to try to shoot somebody else he never had to go over to that kid's house and ask them for sugar you know what i'm saying like yeah when we really have to depend on each other not in these fake ways that like the, the 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 system is set up for us to do we're really just competing and we're really just holding all of this animosity when we really have to depend on each other when my life really depends on you right. you can't do that like we're bonded we might yeah. never be friends but like i'm your person and you're my yeah. person you know? and you're a human being you become yep. a human being to the other person you know i think for yep. like when you live in a, a system and in a society that constantly dehumanizes you and dehumanizes everyone around you um, you, it's, it's only natural to take that on and to, to sort of like, uh, reproduce that. Yep. But when you're actually living in communities and this is why small communities are really important, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. this is how I feel like humans were made to live. This is why, you know, if you look at the earliest human societies, we were tribal, we were small groups living together, working together, depending on each other, because like, this is what it means to be a human being, you know? Definitely. Um, so yeah. So I'm really excited for this next episode. I think that we're going to try to get it out to you all in the next two or three days. Today's Friday when we're recording this. Um, Tanzim, I'm going to try to just put this out tonight, okay? All right. Sounds good. Um, I think, like, let's throw it up on Facebook. We'll put it on all of the um, the podcast yeah. listening things that we're on because we are big time. But just so that we can get it um, going, I think, like, let's just post it and ask people to put comments. Um, yeah. Throw your email in there if you're interested in, um, like, maybe coming on the show um, to, to talk about this. Because, like, yo, this is serious and we got to figure out how to take action. We got to do this stuff together. And definitely if you're an educator, we want to hear from you. But also if you're not an educator but you're interested in doing things in your neighborhood, in your community, and you want to start something up, let's talk. Yeah, because sure. this is how these things move forward. We make connections and we share ideas. Mm-hmm. So let's definitely start talking and building networks. Okay. Yay. I'm so All right. Excited. So this has been episode four of the Besties cast. Episode uh, five, I think. Episode the next one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it is episode five. I think you're right. You're right, you're right. Episode five. Uh, we got new mics. We sound uh, fresh. And uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for thank being you for a part of this uh, project that we have embarked on. Yeah, let us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Um, tell us who's better. Please don't tell us who's better. Because, you know, Tanzim, he's so me. cool, whatever. 
Uh, but I'm pretty sure you you're the Zia. only person on the planet that thinks I'm I, I actually I've heard a couple people say you're cool and I'm like uh you don't really know her. Funny. Yeah, right? You don't really oh, know her cuz if you, you did. <laughs> oh I mean, God. I think you're cool. Um but that's doesn't really count either. Well, we're both nerds, so it's just like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I just got this GI Joe in the mail. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I forgot that I ordered it. Like, oh my it? god. Snake Eyes came today. Am I taking it out of the package? No, I'm not doing that. Oh, are you one of these people? Oh, God. Okay. I understand, sir. All right. We are our hobbies. Don't judge me. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, uh, audience, yo, we will be getting back to you really soon with this um, extra special episode where we have a couple guest teachers. uh, Because, like, yo, it's it's time for action. Yep. Um, Okay. Tenzim, you want to close us out? Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. Uh, let's get ready because it's time to build. And that's all I have to say. Dope. Bye, everybody. Bye.